Emily Elizabeth, and I'm the host of the What Fulfills You podcast, a show for and about individuals always seeking to be their best selves. On this show, we talk all about building the mindset, finding the right careers, creating meaningful relationships, and so much more. Welcome to the What Fulfills You podcast. Hello, hello, everyone. Happy Friday. Welcome back to the What Fulfills You podcast. My name is Emily Elizabeth. I'm your host. And today's episode is a solo episode. And I am diving into a topic that I feel like should hopefully come at a good time because I know there's a good chunk of you who are still in college, university, getting your master's, that kind of thing. Or maybe you did graduate a year ago, two years ago, but you are still kind of in the transition period of just maybe, you know, figuring out your adult life, which I think we all kind of are for a good period of time in our 20s. And I think we all go at a different pace. So I wanted to share my thoughts on not only how I prepared myself before graduating, but also some of the things that I have recognized over the past three years since I've graduated on what has been really helpful that I implemented before transitioning into this adult life and adult period, and some of the things that I wish I maybe knew more about. And so this is very helpful if you are in the position of still being in school or you recently graduated like this year. But even if not, I did consider that and I shared a lot of kind of just adulting tips from my experience and maybe things that you might want to hear from me that I've either done well in or maybe just have learned over time how to implement into my life. And so I really hope this episode is useful and you can take some tips and tools from my experience. And so with that being said, let's dive into it. So I'm going to dive into the concept of quote-unquote creating your ideal post-grad life and a perspective from my mid-20s, I guess I could say I am precisely in my mid-20s now. I'm 25 years old. I turned 25 back in February. And since this episode is coming out during the summer, just about a couple weeks after most of you guys have graduated, if you did recently graduate or maybe you graduated two years ago or you are still in college, I think this episode will cover a lot of topics that should be able to hit some of the obstacles many of you guys are facing regardless whether you are graduated or not. So because we are in June, I figured I would just start off with summer, the summer after graduating. And I think there's usually various perspectives about this, but I will share from my experience, when I graduated, I did not jump into a corporate job right away. And I know not everyone has that flexibility and or desire to. It was something that I was very mindful about And as some of you guys know, I was already working part-time jobs at the time, so I still kept my tutoring job, I still kept my part-time figure skating coaching, and I, of course, was still running my business, so it's not like I wasn't working, but I just wasn't working a corporate full-time job yet. So that's not to say you shouldn't work at all, but if you do have a part-time job, maybe maintain that so that you still give yourself some leisure time now that you're graduated. But again, this is just all personal choice. But if you are lucky and you do have some time off and or just working part-time, I highly recommend to use the summer to reflect, travel, and explore. The reason being is because it's pretty obvious. It's pretty much your last chance, last time at 
you know, freedom to an extent before hitting the pavement, running with your full-time job and being an adult and paying the bills, all of that fun stuff, which I will dive into as well. But I remember for myself, I took that summer, not, I didn't do any like extravagant traveling, but I, you know, again, was working part-time. So I did stay in California for the most part, but I believe for July 4th, I went to Washington, D.C., with a close friend of mine from back home and I think I spent some of my time in Pennsylvania maybe just like catching up um, you know with people that also recently graduated and then in August I think I took a trip to Vegas for the weekend with my boyfriend at the time and then I finished off the summer with a visit to Europe. I went to Stockholm, Sweden, I went to Amsterdam and Hamburg, Germany and I did meet up with an old friend who is from and lives in Germany and so that was a very fun time and I remember actually that experience in Europe really transformed my mindset and my approach and I think was really the beginning part for me in learning why I love this global perspective, why I tend to date Europeans, hint hint, and also really pushed me to not only want to speak more languages but um you know as a side tangent I remember when I was in Germany my friend is German she speaks German and we were with some of her friends as well and I don't blame them for this but they obviously wanted to speak German because that's their first language and of course me sitting there I feel kind of left out but also primarily just the way I view things in life I just felt dumb I felt like For the first time, it's like, wow, I can't understand anything you're saying. So I remember during the pandemic, I actually dedicated some time to learning German and I was pretty fucking good at it, if I'm being honest. Um, I just unfortunately lost a good chunk of it because, you know, as most of us know with language, you have to practice and you have to speak it in order to retain it. But that was a kickstart into some of my desires now today to be able to speak multiple languages. And my goal is to be pretty fluent. And when I say pretty fluent, I mean like 70, 80% fluent and and speaking primarily in Italian and additional languages. Of course, I'm about 80, 90% fluent in Vietnamese as well. But nonetheless, when you take the time to travel and explore wherever you go, it really will open up your mind before you enter the quote-unquote real world, which can be intimidating to some, but I think having that perspective going in is really helpful as you start that journey of the new adult life. If tomorrow was your last day, would you feel as though you have maximized your potential? How would you describe your perfect day with no limitations? How can you work towards achieving something as close to this? If not, exactly that and what is your dream life where is it who's there with you and what does your saturday look like versus a monday these are some of my favorite questions from the what fulfills you card game and i created this card game with the intention to help you on your journey of personal growth as actually all of these questions in this card game are questions that helped me in my own personal growth journey 
in my 20s. But even more than that, these questions help cultivate more purposeful and meaningful conversations, whether it's with your colleagues, your close friends, or date night. I love to play this on a night in with a few glasses of wine, or now that it is spring and summer season, I think it's just so fun to bring this with you when you're hanging out at the park, especially for my fellow New Yorkers who like to hang out in Central Park, have a cheese board, and just have some deep conversations. You can shop the card game online at whatfulfillsyou.com and since you are a listener of the show, you can get 10% off your purchase with the code whatfulfillsyou10 at checkout. That's whatfulfillsyou10 at checkout at whatfulfillsyou.com. Enjoy! On the other hand, if you are working, my recommendation would be to use it as a ramp up period. So don't be so hard on yourself despite my mentality about go, 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 and discipline everything. I'm, I'm still the same, but also acknowledging there are certain periods where you have to give yourself time to adjust. And in this case, it would be adjusting your schedule. Probably primarily just like the time you wake up, the way it's consistent, and how you incorporate other parts of your health and well-being um, you know, habits into that schedule. So ways to prepare during college, if you are still in college, For me, what I did was by senior year, I created a schedule that mirrored the future adult life. And the reason being is because this is a less harsh transition, which I think is usually the biggest obstacle for most people. I will dive into that later. But my example, I woke up by 7 a.m. every single day during my senior year of college, no matter what time my first class started. I think my senior year... I had a Monday, Wednesday, Friday class that started at 10 a.m. And my commute to school was about 15 minutes or, you know, maybe 20 minutes with parking. I was driving to school to campus. And so I wanted to just kind of alleviate that transition period after I graduated where to have to get used to waking up even earlier, which I did because my corporate job after college, I woke up, I think, like at 6 a.m., and I had to be in the office by 8 a.m. So I gave myself some time to make coffee, eat a little bit, shower, get ready, and drive to work, which was about a, you know, I don't know, depending on traffic, it was maybe like a 10-minute commute, but I still would want to get to the office five minutes at least before I'm supposed to be there. You know what I mean? And another thing that I did incorporate in my senior year of college was that I got ready And when I say got ready, I mean like I got dressed, I did my makeup, hair, whatever I felt like. Again, nothing too crazy, but just like my everyday routine as if my attire really mattered um, like it would going to work. So not like I wore business clothes to school, but I did dress well. I wasn't just putting on sweats and tying my hair up, that kind of thing. I really made it a habit to show up every single day like... I need to make a really good first impression or that I might be going to work, you know, that kind of thing. And so I think when you implement these small habits in your everyday routine, especially before college, if you are listening right now and that's, you know, you're in that position, it will help alleviate some of the the transition period when you do graduate. As most of you have probably heard for a while now, I've been consistently drinking Magic Mind because not only does it taste so good, especially if you love a hint of matcha flavor, but this stuff helps me get into my flow state and I always feel a stronger sense of focus, which makes sense since it is a productivity drink. 
While I love coffee and I do make it every morning, when it comes to preparing for my workflow or wanting something to sip on before I get into my work, I always choose Magic Mind because like I said, it helps me get into my flow state and it makes me feel more focused and productive. The best part is that it is all natural and I'm gonna share with you a few key facts and ingredients. Number one, it is known to increase and improve productivity. It has very little caffeine and it only comes from matcha tea. It's a great alternative for coffee if you drink coffee for energy and focus. For me, like I said, I drink it more for just the pleasure of making coffee. So this one is definitely a better alternative if you prefer more of an energy focused drink. It helps fight off fatigue and brain fog as well as some ADD symptoms. And lastly, it is all natural ingredients including adaptogens, matcha, and nootropics. If you've been considering it for a while, I highly, highly recommend you give this a try. I drink this every single day, no joke, and it comes in a box of 15 and I like it so much sometimes I drink two in a day, but disclaimer, it is not recommended. They do recommend one, but I just truly love it so much. And even better, you can enjoy 20% off your purchase with the code FULFILL at magicmind.co slash fulfill during checkout. That's fulfill, F-U-L-F-I-L-L at magicmind.co slash fulfill. So now I want to dive into the common top difficulties that I noticed over the past few years now that I've been graduated for quite some time. And like I said, transitioning from college life to adult life is one of them but besides the scheduling and getting dressed and all that good stuff I think some of the key differences you have to be ready for and be aware about is number one paying bills (laughs) number two signing an apartment lease or a home lease whatever that may be and maybe you have done that yourself in college I personally did just because when I was living in California it's more of you know, like like New York, you, you sign a lease that's not really connected to the school, whereas some of you guys, maybe you go to college or university where signing a lease or an apartment, whatever that may be, is more connected to the school or it's easier to have your parents do it for you, then by the time, you know, you go and start to do it on your own, it, it may be your first time doing it. So I did this my freshman year of college and looking back, I am kind of surprised as to how I managed to do it. But honestly, it's not a difficult process. I just think it's, you have to be aware of, you know, not having your parents necessarily doing it for you anymore if that is where you're at right now. Another big difference relating to signing a lease is paying for your own rent or at the very least a majority of your rent. Um, I know everyone has a different situation. I've had friends where I know they were paying maybe like 80% of their rent and uh, 20% was you know helped by their parents maybe in the first couple of months again during a ramp up period which is very lucky and personally I think is somewhat fair um, if parents have the means to do that but also um, that was something that I actually as a side tangent when I was in college my senior year I started to pay, I think, a little bit more than half of my rent as well um, because I was interning and I was, again, um, doing some part-time jobs that allowed me to have money to pay some rent. And so living in California is very expensive. I could not pay my own rent. But at the time, as a college student, I still was paying some of it just out of experience of knowing, you know, that I'm, I don't have leisure money like 
you know, if I keep everything I make, you know what I mean? So I just try to implement habits and activities that would be the reality of what my life would be come graduation. And when it comes to paying rent, you have to be mindful about that rule where your gross income has to technically be like at least 2.5 times your rent in order for it to be like a good safety margin. Um, Some cities, like maybe New York, depending on the landlord or whoever, some of them might require even like three times the rent. And that's usually kind of even like a super safe side to be on as well. And that's something that ideally I aim to be at just because um, I'm going to dive into this later. But I do think finance and personal finance, understanding how to save and spend is probably one of the most difficult topics, difficult areas of life that we all face. I have been there myself, but um, I try to tackle and prevent those issues along the way by learning to understand really early on, despite the fact that I might not love finance, I might not love talking about it, I might not love Excel sheets, anything like that. Trust me, I'm usually in the same boat as you guys, but I advocate for having knowledge in it so that you can prevent some common issues later on. And then last but not least on some of the big transition differences is you're going to have to be more aware and responsible with budgeting. And maybe you are already used to budgeting in college, so that's really great. But when it comes to budgeting, I think the focus is just knowing how to spend and how to save. Because now that you are making maybe a couple thousand dollars a month and then minus tax and all of that good stuff, then you're left with a certain amount of money. And then from there, you have to know how that lump sum is allocated so like how much goes to your rent how much goes to your food how much you can put away in like a savings account all of that good stuff and I think there are a lot of books and things that you can google online to learn more and when you're googling take everything with a grain of salt like look for repeated patterns of what people say about how much you should save how much you should spend how to budget all of that don't go to like one website or one resource and be like okay this is the information i need take time to like gradually get yourself into it if you're not there yet someone that i really love to listen to for financial advice is kevin o'leary he is from the well-known show shark tank and he's like the Mr. Wonderful Guy, some of you guys might think he's mean, but truthfully, I think he's, um, you know, more just like of a truthful, blunt guy. He's not mean necessarily. He just says things without really adding a lot of compassion to it. And in the business world, that is kind of how it is sometimes. So I do enjoy his perspective with that, but he's very hardcore about money. He's talked about how his mom saved a lot of money and invested a lot as well. And so if I were you, I would just search up some podcast episodes that feature Kevin O'Leary as a guest and listen to what he has to say about spending, saving, where you should put your money, um, especially if you are not you know, aware about investing at all, which I would assume most of you guys are. But I bring this up because this is so important to know. And I'm 25 years old and I can say that As I get older, it gets a little bit more daunting about finances and how you afford rent, how you afford to 
how you look towards retirement or like how you start retire like how you start a fund towards retirement all of those things uh, learning about compound interest that's super important as well um, but yeah I would just say my recommendation is to go listen and read on some topics that Kevin O'Leary talks about because he definitely has a lot of knowledgeable information Another big transition for most people is typically just knowing what to do for your first corporate job. My advice on this is to evaluate options based on your best ability to learn and expand your knowledge in an area that you actually want to, you know, be skillful in. And of course, that can change over time too, but just where you're at post-grad, what is your first interest? What is something that you do want to gain experience in? And also, allow yourself to acknowledge that you might not love it six months later. You might not love it a year later. So give yourself that wiggle room as well as to, okay, maybe I don't like it a year from now. What path would I go down next, right? So those are just some things you have to think about, not necessarily plan for, but keep it in mind so you have that seed planted in your head. So for my example, I worked in corporate sales. I actually worked at ADP. Most of you guys can probably find this information on LinkedIn, so I don't really care to share what company I worked at. In fact, I truthfully had a really great experience there. I just outgrew it by the time that I did leave the job. But I went into sales. Well, first up, I will be honest. They reached out to me on LinkedIn and that was just kind of how the process started for me. And it was around the time that I was looking at jobs too. So I started looking around early September, which is a couple months after I graduated and also the same time that I came back from my Europe trip. And I remember a parent of mine was kind of giving me shit for, you know, not having found a job yet. And I was like, well, I'm just starting to look right now. But when it came to corporate sales, when I was thinking about that versus something else I was looking into, which is like something more on the communication side or like kind of customer success, like all of those types of jobs, I realized that sales would expand my skills in closing deals, creating my own schedule, team collaboration. And I always heard from Barbara Corcoran, who's also been on Shark Tank and is typically one of the core uh, investors on Shark Tank. She also talks about sales being the most entrepreneurial corporate career and is the most transferable skill sets you can bring into entrepreneurship and running your own business. And I definitely second that because a lot of the skills, like I said, I transferred over into my own businesses today. I remember when I was making spreadsheets for like cold calling and prospecting and all these different things. So for example, now when I'm prospecting for a client for either my agency or even with getting into stores for um, my different businesses, I have already gone through the experience of rejection before. I've already gone through a lot of those obstacles. And so for me, corporate sales was just an amazing experience. And the best part was that I did make some of my best friends today from that job. So if you don't know where to start, I do recommend giving sales a try, uh, whether you want to be in entrepreneurship later on or not. I think sales forces you to uh, really feel the difficulty of the real world um, and you'll feel a lot of highs and lows you know the days you are closing deals you're gonna be like fuck yeah you know I am the, the fucking shit um, and there's gonna be days and weeks where you're like oh my god um, this is a rough time and so 
you know, maybe you don't have the stomach for that. And if that's not for you, totally get it. But if you are someone that is somewhat curious about going into corporate sales and trying trying that process out, I highly recommend it because it will teach you skills regardless that I am, you know, that definitely transfer over to entrepreneurship and running your own business or being in business operations, but it also translates into other parts and other industries as well. So let's dive into job hunting. Like I said, I did get reached out to um, over LinkedIn for my corporate job at the time, and I think LinkedIn is a very great place to go for looking at jobs and finding opportunities, connecting with people and networking. Another, another way to do it is just simply networking with those in your industry. So, so that really varies. I think the networking aspect will have a bigger role when it comes to maybe like a fashion industry or something that's like way harder to get into because of just how the market works. But if you're going to go this route, be assertive and let people know that you know are employers or managers or bosses that have some leverage. Let them know that you're looking and and make that well known, you know, and don't be afraid to repeat it often if you are still in the process of looking because if you don't, no one's looking out for you, you know. You are the only one that is looking out for yourself. So you have to be assertive and, you know, maybe at first it feels weird to be like, hey, by the way, um, I'm still in the job hunting process. So if you know of anyone that has openings or if your team is opening up, like I would love to send my resume over and connect further, you know, don't be afraid to drop that hint. Another huge tip I wrote in caps here. <laughs> is that your resume sharpness is so freaking important. I remember when I received some resumes when I opened up internship opportunities uh, to work with me, whether it's through What Fulfills You or my agency, people send resumes that are like two pages long or maybe the organization of it is not that great. And I'm like, holy crap. You know, some of them even went to the school that I graduated from and I'm like, is no one even really like helping kids out with their resumes, I was super confused. And I won't dive into the whole resume sharpness on this episode because I just think that it's better to see it visually. So if you do want some examples, I do include three in my career ebook guide, which you can find on my website at whatfulfillsyou.com. I dropped this back in April 2020, so it's been out for two years now. I know many of you guys who have bought it, um, especially if you were in college or recently graduated. But it's a very holistic guide because I dive into not only resume templates, but key things to fix on LinkedIn, how to stand out, how to fix your bio on LinkedIn, um, the details to include on your LinkedIn jobs, common behavioral questions they ask in interviews, how to answer them, and my own answers. I think I give you guys like 10 or 20 behavioral questions. They can be really hard on the spot, so it's definitely something you have to practice, but I share my own answers as well. I also give you guys outfit details, where to shop for business type outfits, how to look fashionable. It's a huge holistic guide. So if you haven't heard about it or you haven't checked it out yet, go on the website, whatfulfillsyou.com. It's also linked in the show notes. But another great episode I would recommend to listen to uh, relating to career preparation and transitioning is episode 156 with Saul Finkelstein. He is a corporate lawyer and a partner at a law firm here in New York City. And he's probably, I would guess, like late 50s, early 60s. 
extremely well-rounded guy, but he provided a lot of valuable tips on that episode that I wish I heard when I was, you know, 22 years old. So he definitely shares some questions you should think about when you're navigating this process. And if you haven't checked it out yet, it's a couple episodes back. So I will also link that in the show notes, but he touches on the key missing components he notices um, as a boss when people are submitting their resumes, what he realizes that everyone does, but they shouldn't. And what people should actually do that would be more impactful on their resume and to standing out in a competitive pool. So last but not least, I'm going to share some advice for looking back from today. So now that I'm 25, I graduated three years ago. What are my thoughts and what would I, I guess, say to my younger self and obviously in this case to you guys? So the first thing that came to mind is that I kind of wish I took the leap sooner. And what I mean by that is if there's anything I might have done differently, I wish I moved to LA sooner and spent more time in Los Angeles than Orange County because, uh, you know, when I graduated, I stayed in Orange County for another maybe like a year and two months. And it was really great, though, because, again, that's where I had my first corporate job. Um, and I also wrote here that without that corporate job, I wouldn't have met the coworkers that eventually became some of my best guy friends today. And when I say best guy friends, I literally mean I talk with some of them, especially one of them who's been on the show, Austin. I talk with him probably like once a week, you know, or like once every two weeks. And we always feel weird if we don't connect with each other. So we're always catching up. And that's just the coolest part is that despite having moved to L.A. and New York over the past two years since having that job, we are still super connected. But, you know, I I just realized uh, once I was a couple months into my corporate job that I should take the leap and move to a real metro city. And technically, I never was going to consider L.A. I made the decision in January 2020 when I was in New Jersey slash New York City for a work trip to the corporate headquarters in New Jersey. I realized during that time that I wanted to move to New York, that my soul belongs here, that there's something here for me. Um, I remember even during the work trip that I was so inspired that I wrote down a pros and cons list as to staying in Orange County versus moving to New York. And ultimately, I decided I was going to move. And like I said, I decided this in January 2020. And my initial plan was to move to New York in June 2020. But we all know the pandemic delayed that. So um, I actually ended up moving to L.A. instead during the pandemic, which which I'm really grateful for. But with that being said, um, I remember telling my dad because my both my parents, but especially my mom, she was like, not the most supportive about me moving to Los Angeles. In fact, she was um, quite against it, but knows my personality by now that if I want to do something, I just go for it. And I usually have a pretty logical plan as well as to how the numbers make sense, how the move will make sense, all of that. Um, And so despite the lack of emotional support, I still moved and I remember telling my dad that I wish I moved sooner like I was like damn you know I only had about like a year and a half in Los Angeles and you know I'm super glad to be moving to New York but I wish I had 
maybe like two years in LA, you know? Um, and of course, the different factors really um, affected the experience in LA, but I truly did feel more in alignment with LA than Orange County. So I guess I kind of wish I knew that sooner and hadn't stayed in my comfort zone for too long. But again, no big regrets there, um, but definitely something to keep in mind. Another big piece of advice I have is to research and have clear understanding of how retirement options work. So when you guys go into a job, whether it's a small, medium business or it's a big corporate company, your employer will most likely offer a retirement plan of some sort, whether it's a 401k, an IRA, and, you know, fun fact, when I was selling um, payroll in ADP, I was also somewhat selling retirement plans as well. Like I wasn't directly selling it because you have to be licensed for that, but I would pitch it to the prospects or clients if they needed to add it on to their business. My licensed partner would close the deal and I would get um, you know, part of the deal with that as well. So I'm very knowledgeable in the options and all of that, but I do realize that a lot of us at 22, we don't know what the fuck a retirement plan is. We don't know um, whether we should participate in it, like all of that good stuff. So I won't dive into the details, but I will say do your research. And again, take notes from different resources. Don't necessarily take one resource and believe everything they say is true or the most in alignment for you because again some people might say a 401k is not great for you you should do an IRA vice versa or even a Roth IRA Um, so I again I won't dive into details but biggest advice do your research and also definitely participate especially if you are super new to investing you don't know what to do with your money Um, there's a lot of great reasons why you should participate especially if you plan to be an employee of businesses uh, for a while. And like I said earlier, I think personal finance tends to be the top problem and obstacle for most people, especially in the 20s. So I would just suggest to get the fear out of the way sooner than later. And to me, everything is about understanding and knowledge. So ask questions and maybe your parents know a thing or two, but also do your own research as well. Listen to podcasts about people who are actually specializing in that area. Listen to people that say, um, you know, both that a 401k is good and bad. And listen to people that say the same about an IRA. Like listen to people that have various opinions because that way you can come to a more clear objective conclusion yourself. But like I said, I definitely love to listen to Kevin O'Leary. Another great book and resource is Rich Dad, Poor Dad. That one is a classic. And again, everything is just about knowledge and having better understanding as you approach the adult life. And then last but not least, another piece of advice, I would say be mindful about saving at least 10 to 15% of your income and work towards gathering at least three months of rent in a savings account before you loosen up how you spend your money. I think that's like the traditional number. I think 10% usually is traditional, but that's why when I talk about budgeting, for example, you have to take that into account is like after the taxes, what you have left how much can you put away and not be so dry, you know? And uh, those are some things to think about. And so that's why sometimes, yes, a $5 coffee at Starbucks 
does matter because sometimes 10% could be, I don't know, like from what's left over, it could be $50, it could be $100. Like, I don't know what that is, but I'm just throwing out numbers because even though to some of us, $5 coffee might not seem much. And mind you, um, I love coffee and I do like to spend money on coffee, but I also have been very mindful about reducing spending money on coffee at most like once, maybe twice a week just because I make it at home. And spending money on coffee doesn't really enhance my overall weekly and daily experience, whereas maybe eating food like out and about and like socializing with friends, maybe that enhances my experience more. So let's say you are someone that does buy coffee five times a week. That's about $25, give or take. Depending on where you live, that might be like, I don't know, um, one to two drinks out with friends or that could be maybe like $25 towards a meal you could have with your friends you know what I mean so um, that's just the way I look at my spending is I look at where I get the highest return in terms of like oh that was really worth my money you know and again I know it can be really hard to say when you're first starting out so don't be so tough on yourself but these are definitely topics that I wish people talked about more for women in early 20s as you're graduating as you're navigating and not just getting advice from your parents because I think that's like the typical route we go at the same time I do think it's important to understand the reality of the future of your life and understanding how you can set yourself up to to enjoy your first few years of post-grad life without overworking yourself but also being practical along the journey of your 20s. So that was all for the episode. I hope this was some helpful advice and you had some takeaways from this. If you did, as always, you know I really appreciate it when you share that with me. So DM me on Instagram at you or at Emily E. Duong, D-U-O-N-G. And even better, share the episode on your Instagram story, share it with friends who could find this useful. And don't forget, if you are interested in the career ebook guide, you can find that on my website at whatfulfillsyou.com along with the card game and the other merch. And that career ebook guide does detail three resume templates, things to fix on your LinkedIn, interview questions, how to answer them, my own answers to interview questions, and a bunch more. You can find all of the details on the ebook at whatfulfillsyou.com. Thanks again for tuning in today. I would chat with you all next week. Bye.